Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody, I'm Laura Trump. The race to November is heating up and the Trump campaign is gearing up to work harder than ever before to secure four more years for President Trump. To achieve this historic win, we need you, your friends, your neighbors, and your families to join our movement. Ready to fight for President Trump? Text ENLIST to 88022 and register at armyfortrump.com today. I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. You and I have the ability and the dignity and the right to make our own decisions and determine our own destiny. No fear. No political correctness. Exposing the tyranny of the minority. You're listening to Underground USA with your host, Frank Silvato. Once again, thanks for tuning in to The Underground. You can see all of our stuff at undergroundusa.com. I want to do a quick shout out to the platform that houses undergroundusa.com, and that's Spreaker. If you've noticed in the last few episodes, We've been premised by a Biden ad for president. We do sign up for advertising to help cover the costs uh, for the podcast. We don't get to pick them. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to them because I complained that a conservative podcast was being donutted by a Biden ad. And it went against everything that our group believes. Uh, No one that I know supports Joe Biden. Uh, and uh, when I complained, they said they'd take care of it and removed it from the front. So we are balancing that from the, for the duration of the political season with a commercial that is in the show for President Trump. Um, he may not be perfect, but he's eons ahead of Joe Biden. Uh, so thank you to Spreaker. I, I appreciate honesty when, when someone can actually... Um, make a complaint about something that's hurting their their work, and you respond to help satisfy that problem, it deserves a shout-out. So better than Facebook, better than Twitter, better than all of the other socially engineering type of organizations, I I applaud Spreaker for allowing uh, our complaint to have a result. I want to talk a little bit about the debates, or, or what's passing as a debate. Uh, we don't have debates in the United States anymore. 
we don't. This, there's no Lincoln-Douglas type of thing that's happening. There's no exchange of ideas between opponents. It's an overblown interview with two interviewees, with a moderator placed on a pedestal, self-placed on a pedestal. In each of the debates that have taken, we, we saw the first debate with Chris Wallace, who has become an insanely huge disappointment to anybody who's a conservative. Uh, it's, it's as if as soon as, um, as soon as Roger Ailes left over at Fox, he got to unfurl his, his progressive colors. Uh, very big disappointment. Horrible moderator. I hope he never moderates again. And then we saw what happened with the alleged town halls where you had Savannah Guthrie literally decide that she was worthy of debating the President of the United States. It's not what a moderator does. A moderator is supposed to make sure that things are even, that questions are asked, and that things flow. They're not supposed to debate a candidate. That was an embarrassing performance by Savannah Guthrie, and she should never be a moderator again. And now we have the one coming up on Thursday with Kristen Welker. She's the NBC News' White House correspondent. She's been so since 2011. Um, this woman and her family are hyper-partisan Democrats. Um, her and her family spent Christmas with the Obamas in the White House. They've given huge amounts of money to Democrats and, and Democrat candidates. 20000 to Barack Obama, 3300 to Joe Biden, 2100 to Hillary Clinton, 7300 to the DNC. You know, these are not the kind of people that should be moderators of a presidential debate. They shouldn't be moderators of anything. They're partisans. They're hyper-partisans. So we don't have debates in the United States. I think the closest thing that, that uh, came to a debate was not too long ago when uh, Newt Gingrich and Herman Cain sat down, and this is something that my friend Vinny always always reminds me of, they had a discussion. It was the two of them. The moderator kept a time clock and presented the question, and then shut up, allowing the candidates to have a discussion on the topic. People actually learned something about their positions and actually learned things about the issues. Because they, these two people who understood the issues and who were running for office got to talk about them in depth without some weasel of a moderator deciding that they were going to inject what they thought was the direction that the debate should go in. That's not what a moderator does. And uh, I'm going to be talking about the debates and, and how we don't have them and what we're missing out on and the public in a new segment that's going to follow my little chat here called The Corner of the Bar, where I bring in some of uh, some of my friends, some acquaintances, and just some smart people, uh, people who are aware and do their homework and, and actually read up on things before they form an opinion. And we're literally going to sit at the corner of the bar and talk about these things to get the voice of the common man. We hear it all the time from politicians. The American people believe this. The American people want that. The American people think this. They don't know what the hell the American people are thinking, want, or desire. They're looking at polls. They're, they're looking at things that are going to make them look good. They don't mention the things that they do that make them look bad in the public's eyes. And they only glorify the things that they agree with the people on. So we're going to actually have a discussion and listen and converse with people who actually have studied the issues and have a common man's opinion on these issues, a voter's opinion on these issues, the American people's opinion 
on these issues. And I'm not just going to go all the way to the right. I'm not going to do a hyper-partisan Republican conservative thing. I've got libertarians uh, that are on the docket. I've got some liberals that are on the docket. We're going to have a respectful conversation, maybe a little R-rated. Could get heated, don't know. But it's always going to be something we can walk away as friends with. And that's why the corner of the bar, after it's all over, we're going to sit and have a beer. Because we all have more in common as Americans than we do indifference. And that's something that we really, really tend to forget. The other thing I wanted to bring up is this, I and, I and CJ, my, my partner, we have been re-watching movies, and we decided to watch the whole Hunger Games series. And the similarities between that plot line and real life are, are chilling. That was the comment after each of these episodes, each of these, these serial episodes of the movie, was that, boy, I can see that here. I can see there's little difference between between the two leaders in the end, and that that's the two political parties. There's little difference between the two political parties except for the very big issues. Other than that, they're all part of the swamp. They know the halls of Congress. They march the halls of Congress. They take the perks. You know, when you can go into Washington, D.C., on the salary that a, a House representative or a senator makes and come out 10 years later a multimillionaire you're playing the game you know so there's there's been a there's been a, there's a little bit of a class elitist system set up here if you're elected to federal office even if you're elected to state office a lot of times um there's a big gulf between you and the people who have actually received your vote we've got to extend effort to survive you know they they live off us <laughs> their paychecks come from the people and the contacts that they make because they're in political office. When we look at the the capital city thing in the Hunger Games, it's it's Washington D.C. You you've got the the elitist class in in the Hunger Games that go to all of these things in in capital city the the little triumphants and you know that that the Caesar used to have. I want to triumph. The, the the triumphs that the, that they have all of the uh, the spectacle of, of the political process all the parties everything else it mirrors what happens from from the Hunger Games and and uh, and them bringing out the tributes and everything else to Washington D.C. and trotting people before Congress to give testimony and and receive nominations and everything else the the outcomes are preordained most of the time. And and the media controls it. Hello, Caesar Flickerman. You know, you you want to we we talked about about uh, Chris Wallace and and the other moderators who really, when they walk on the stage for these debates, should have a should have a a robe, a crown, and a scepter. You know, they they are so self-important when they get in there. I am going to be questioning the president of the United States, and he will answer those questions. Well, that, that's not the way it's supposed to be. And the lack of deference for station in in the debates are just ridiculous. That's one of the things that was different about the Hunger Games. If somebody would have actually criticized President Snow in Capital City, he probably would have been eliminated. Uh, so the little there are little differences, but the media controls everything. You know, you want to talk about the districts in the in the Hunger Games. You've got the twelve different districts. It used to be thirteen, but they annihilated one of them, so now there's just twelve. Um, think about the identity politics that's actually being played out in the United States today. 
the division of the people along uh, identity lines, race, economic status, political party, gender, the left and the political class needs to carve people up into different demographics so that they can pit us against each other in difference instead of exposing to us all of the things we have in common, like needing to go to work, needing to pay our bills, needing to pay mortgages, uh, needing to have, have good education for our kids, needing transportation. All of the things that we all use every single day that are in common should be binding us together. But these assholes treat us like the districts. If, if you're one race, you have to think this way. You know, we heard that with Joe Biden. You're not, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. Really? Okay, Joe. You know, economic status. You can't be part of this group because, you know, if you're not from Silicon Valley, and you don't have a voice. You're, you're not enlightened. If you're not from California or L.A. or New York or Chicago living in a penthouse, you're not enlightened enough to have an opinion to join our little party. You know, and then the division of the political the political organizations, left and right, you know, again, and you're going to hear me say this a million times, please start adding up all of the things we all have in common rather than the few things we have in difference. You know, going back to the districts, especially in flyover country, flyover country has the farmers, we have the rust belt, we have natural resources that are that are milled and mined and, and cultivated, and, and all of these spoils get shipped after people fill the stores. They go to a central distribution system that vets everything out. Case in point, I, I live in the panhandle of Florida. Try to find any good fruit. We grow fruit down here. We grow the best citrus in the world in Florida. But try to get a decent orange. Well, that's because we're packing everything up, we're sending it to a central hub, and who gets the first orders? The people who order the most, which are the urban centers. So just like the Hunger Games, the spoils and, and, and the work of all of the people in all of the districts goes to Capital City first, and whatever Capital City doesn't need gets vetted back to the people who actually produced it. It's not always that way. You can find a good farmer's market. You can find good local stands, local groceries, and, and that's where I like to try to shop. You know, if you can keep your economy close, that's awesome. Do it. You know, stop stop paying out to the multinationals. Find the mom-and-pop shop that's, that's trying to survive and, and help them out. The media. It, it, this was the biggest similarity that I saw in the Hunger Games to real life. The sensationalist profiteer puppet masters of the media who make the average person dance so they can sell ads. This is basically what it is, and I don't care if you're talking about Fox News, I don't care if you're talking about CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, New York Times, I don't care. Every single one of them is trying to get you to buy something. And the more sensationalistic they can get, the better. So they sensationalize the headlines. Most people today are so completely conditioned to want their information in edible bites, less than 146 characters, that most people will read the title of the article and read the lead and believe they've read the whole thing. And boy, if you're doing that, you're an idiot. You you are the problem. If that's what you do and you think that you're informed, you are there's a level of asshole that you've reached that I don't 
know how to describe. If you don't know something, be honest enough. Have the courage to say, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know enough about that to form an opinion. But don't march around thinking you know stuff when you don't know jack about it. That makes you assholian. Now, these media outlets, who owns them? You know, I'm going to be talking about this a lot in upcoming episodes, but there are really six, I believe it's six, major corporations that own all of the media in the United States. All of it. So when we talk about does this cabal get together and decide what the talking points are, it's the mindset of these corporations that trickles down so people can keep their jobs in an industry that has coveted positions. So, you know, the media, gone are the days of Walter Cronkite, and even he was guilty to a certain extent during the Vietnam War of politicizing the Tet Offensive. The United States won the Tet Offensive. We won it. It was the propaganda coup that the communist Vietnamese won in saying that it was a failure, and Walter Cronkite helped with that. So, you know, he was less than it is today, but even he was guilty of it at certain points in time. It's not like the media of the past, the who, what, when, where, why, and how. It's not Walter Winchell anymore. The, this, this is, a, this is an a entertainment propaganda slash news culture that we have in media, and it's not to be trusted. You need to double, triple, quadruple tech, check everything that they say. The progressives, well, like Capital City, they want us divided. That's how they exert control over people. If you can divide people and keep pitting people against each other, and take that fake moral high ground of saying, well, see, I was able to see that, and you weren't, and that's why you have to you have to trust me when I tell you this. You know, like Capital City, they want us divided into the districts. Like Capital City, they want to control what we know and what we think. This is why those six corporations who are headed up by those those millionaires and billionaires who won't let you into the club, Bobby. You know, that's they want to control the way you think because they can steer you to buy things, steer you not to buy things, and, and that creates power. Like Capital City, their chief concern is power. Living off the work of the others. Controlling what you buy so that they can understand their profits, predict the future. And when you start getting power hungry, like that asshole George Soros... And, and that other reprobate asshole Peter Lewis, you know, th- these people start dumping millions and millions and millions of dollars into affecting campaigns at every level. Did you know that George Soros spent millions of dollars to make sure that Secretary of States in each of these states were elected that were progressives? Why did he do that? So that he could have the final say on, on, election, on, on ballot counting, because m- most of the time the Secretary of State's offices is the office that certifies an election. He's thinking ahead. Did did you did you know that? Did you know that the progressives are spending hundreds of millions of dollars to make sure states attorneys are getting elected? When you look at Portland, when you look at Seattle, and you see that these states attorneys are not prosecuting these people who are burning down these cities and destroying people's lives. These rioters, they're arresting them, letting them go. They're not going to prosecute them. Why? Because they want the chaos in the streets, because chaos affects change. George Soros and Peter Lewis and the rest of the deep pocket progressives helped get these people elected just to facilitate this change. It's the mindset. They're not getting marching orders saying, don't prosecute these people. 
what they are getting is they're installing people with the mindset that they hold that there's systemic racism. Take 15 minutes and read the FBI's annual reports on, on, on deaths at the hand of police officers and you realize almost instantaneously that systemic racism in law enforcement, especially where fatalities is concerned, is the biggest bunch of bullshit anybody has ever foisted of, uh, upon a people. The people who are pushing this, they're the ones that should be called on the carpet and tried. So, again, please remember that... We've got more in common than we have in difference. We don't, we don't need to hate each other. I've, I had people that, that I absolutely love from 20 years ago who, because they have been so brought to the edge, so pushed to the edge to need to hate, that I can't even talk to anymore. And, and it's aggressive right off the bat. You know... When you talk to people that you grew up with, that you used to play with, that you used to party with, that you used to create with, that you used to work with, remember those people as the people that you knew, not what they have been conditioned to feel now. The hatred for each other in the United States right now is manufactured by the power brokers who want you divided. We have more in common than we have indifference. If the Republic is going to survive, we have to remember that. We also have to remember that if you disagree with somebody, they have a right to their opinion, and you don't immediately start calling them names, castigating them as stupid. Have a conversation with them. Now, you're going to say, Frank, you, you, you just called Peter Lewis and, and, and George Soros assholes. Well, you're going to come across the occasional asshole, so have, be brave enough to call him that. But not everybody is an asshole right off the bat. They're just not. Make them prove to you <laughs> that they're an asshole. Don't just give the moniker to them. As always, you can find all of our stuff on undergroundusa.com. I'm going to ask you to sign up for the newsletter. We're trying to grow that a little bit. I don't send it out every week, and I definitely don't put any any ads in there that, that inundate your computer. That's not what we do. This is about information on issues so you can be a little bit more educated without all the, the media noise, without all of the, the, the opinionated reporting. Um, but sign up for that at undergroundusa.com. And uh, I will be back right after this with the inaugural episode of Corner of the Bar. Did you know that Yopon is the only tea plant indigenous to the United States? Hi, I'm CJ, the owner of Emerald Coast Tea Company. We have a line of Yopon teas and Yopon tea blends that will open your eyes to tea that is literally made in the USA. Check out our entire line of teas at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mama's tea. Hey everybody and welcome to the inaugural version, and I say version because we're still shaking things down, of Corner of the Bar. This is a discussion with people who are, who are regular people up to speed on, uh, on 
current events and politics and world happenings and everything else. Uh, and, you, you know, unlike what our elected officials and politicians like to say, um, we actually know what the American people are thinking because we're the American people. So uh, I want to welcome Andy and Glenn to the corner of the bar. Good to be here. Great to be here, Frank. And matter of fact, this really is new because uh, I just put my elbows on the top of the bar and I've got paint on them now. There we go. There we go. It's, it's, you're, you're well varnished, I'll say. Yeah. It's not my color. Not your Service color. is a little slow. <laughs> but, uh. <clears throat> um, um, we've, got a, we've got a debate coming up tomorrow night, or, or what they want to call a debate. And I just shared with the listeners how there really isn't a debate anymore. This is a, we don't have a Lincoln-Douglas type of thing. Uh, the closest thing we had to that was, uh, a, a, I think, four years back when Newt Gingrich and, uh, and uh, the 999 guy sat down and had a conversation rather than having a moderator inject themselves. Do we really have debates in this country anymore when it comes to the political platform? Glenn, far away. I don't think so. I would, yeah, I would I would go back even further, Frank. I would go back to, like, uh, Buckley and Vidal. Yeah, Gore Vidal, yeah. I mean, those were, those were things that where you learned something. You know, you had two opposing viewpoints, and people were trying to persuade the other person to their, their their vantage point, not just telling them to shut up and calling them a jerk or a fool or a clown. You know, I I think uh, too, and and, and uh, with all due respect to Gore Vidal, I think I was chasing girls back at that time, so I really <laughs> can't relate to to those folks. But what I do recall um, is you had these. You know, four, five, six, seven people or more standing on a stage. And, you know, you had a moderator and they would ask questions and they would reply. And every now and then you'd have a little uh, talking back and forth among the participants. But other than that, it was civil. I mean, you know, nobody was throwing Molotov cocktails at each other. I mean, that, that even goes back to Bush. I mean, you know, Dole and Bush and, and, and right about that point in time. When uh, yeah, though I'm sorry, know. I got I dropped out there. You had to go to the bathroom. Well, um, you know, <laughs> you've been drinking a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, Hold it. It, it it wasn't that long ago that you had almost civil, at least civil discourse in these in these exercises, and there wasn't all the vitriol going back and forth. But the way that I see these these debate. The, or what they want to call debates today, you've got this moderator who's placed himself above everybody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Chris Wallace could have walked in with a, with a, a scepter and a crown and a cape, it, 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 would have been more, it would have been more accurate than to call it a debate. Do we, do we learn anything from these things, or is it just an exercise in sensationalism? Oh, definitely. You didn't learn anything. I mean... If you watch and you paid attention, and quite frankly, just um, it was unwatchable, but I, I went back and read the transcript. I mean, the, the tactic uh, Trump employed was, was clear. They, at some point, decided that this was a base election and that they were going to appeal to, you know, the, the goal of a base election is get your people out and suppress the others. And he had Biden disavowing, you know, the energized far, far, far radical left you know are you in the green deal do you you said this you and bernie all this and made biden say no so but otherwise 
you know, it's just it, unviewable and nothing was learned. And quite frankly, after four years of Trump, if there's, if, if people are undecided, I don't think they should be driving or operating heavy machinery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the undecided voters have to be not the sharpest crayons in the box. Yeah. Especially after several beers, Glenn. So, <laughs> well, yeah, I, well, but it's like, it's like, you know, forty-seven years of Biden. You know what he is, and you know what he's not. More importantly, and you've got three and a half, three and three quarters experience with Trump as president and the things that he's accomplished. And and that's not that's not counting the fact that we all know him from everything before. Oh, well, for forty years. I mean, he's a cultural icon of capitalism, but. You know, if there if there has ever been a more thoroughly vetted and interviewed person for president than Trump, I don't know who it would be. I, honestly, I think this is nothing more, these debates are nothing more anymore than a reality show for ratings. Mm-hmm. I, I, if, if you want to really boil it down, I don't think that anybody really cares anymore. Because we're not getting any information about it, it's it's just a freak show. Do you, and, do you think anybody's minds you know, are being to, changed? To, yeah. No, not at all. I don't think so. You know, no, you, you I don't, know I don't who think Trump you can, is. You, you know that yeah. you know, and everybody says, you know, they they don't like his demeanor. Well, you know what? You're not going to change him, right? He's 74 years old. You're not going to change the guy. To, well, to I, I think it's more he's you know, New York, from New York. <laughs> Well, you know, now I hope you don't have a large audience in, from New York, but you know they're all pretty much that way, asshats, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you fuck, know, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, but, I mean, they have a certain they have a certain edge to them, right? And and everybody I've ever worked with from New York is the exact same way. They don't have, they're not Midwest nice. They're not West Coast cool, or what passes for West Coast cool. They're just they're edgy, and 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 they deliver it right between the eyes. Okay, I would rather have the brutal truth delivered than, you know, eloquent lies. You know, he is what he is, and you know, his speech manner mannerisms are annoying, and and the whole nine yards. But but it that doesn't matter to me. It's what the guy does, right? Because we we spent eight years listening to nice speeches, and in crap performance. The guy walks the walk. Bottom line. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, everybody, everybody wants to, even Obama said, everybody wants to be him. He is, he is the world's cultural icon for successful capitalism. He's got a building in every city. And that absolutely just pisses off the left, you know, it, the Marxists and all that. I mean, they're, they're oh, yeah. he's the antichrist to them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. And and so so what are you going to what are you going to debate? I read this article about it's Trump the man versus a movement and the movement, you know, Antifa, BLM and socialism and is it is the American dream as personified and defended by Trump, you know, exceptionalism and individualism and freedom, you know, worth preserving and Trump believes it is and he's unabashedly pro-American. And he says, you know, we're exceptional. We've done more good in the world than anybody else ever. Why? And why hasn't the Republican Party, and that's he's running under the Republican banner, 
why don't yeah, but they, why they don't ran they, why don't 14 they, people against them? Why don't they ever define the, the matchup the way you just defined it? We've got BLM and Antifa and socialism on one side, and we've got capitalism, the economic system that is the only system that's ever created a middle class in the history of the world, and right. that's the choice. Why, don't, why doesn't the Republican Party ever get out in front of the message and, and get that get that narrative out there well they're i still I, learn they're still learning because they, yeah. they their pride's still at stake their pride got handed to them back in 2016 right and among and other they, body parts uh, yeah that's exactly right and they're still reeling from that although they're not going to admit it except the the uh that that group the lincoln whatevers you know the never trumper groups mm-hmm. but but you know they couldn't get it and they didn't want to get anything done Trump's a right. Trump's a get it done kind of guy. Bottom right. line, yeah, and like zero f's to give, like zero, right? I'm getting this done. If you don't like it, too bad. It's a different kind of sl- it's a different kind of slash and burn, where, where where the progressives during four years of Obama were slashing and burning to be able to move things ideologically in one direction. Trump right. is slashing and burning and just getting the things done. That would normally take the Republican Party maybe 12, 16 years if to achieve. If ever, he's in. He's in. How long before he moves the the embassy to Jerusalem? Yeah, what was that fourteen? You know, minutes, like or? four weeks. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh yeah, we're doing this. You guys, yeah, this was settled back in what Clinton. So yeah, we're doing this. Well, look, at and the, he did it. Did it for like what five hundred thousand bucks? Yeah, and the. And the original purchase order on the thing was going to be like, you know, $100 million. It was huge. It was yeah. a deal. It was a deal. It was a huge yeah. deal. And it's, it, it, yeah. And it just, <laughs> he just, and I think, I think to your, your point, Frank, why don't they, why don't they get out and in front of the message and lay the message out is because, you know, frankly, younger generation is has been dumbed down through the public schools they don't they don't even teach history anymore and the thing that history does is and the study of history allows an individual to learn and reason cause and effect right and the last thing socialists or communists want are people being able to reason cause and effect because it's not a good story Hey, I'm selling you. I'm selling you 300 million dead. Yeah. Oh well, wait a minute. The population of the U.S. is what 362. I wonder if I'm one of the 62 million left. You know. Yeah. There's a, or in, in this whole it's just, in this whole uh, sequestering of COVID, and I had, oh, yes. I, I had I had supposed this. Why why did the reformers in education jump on that opportunity to get in front of every single parent? With, with an already out-of-the-box program to be able to pick up where public schools left off 20 years ago. Well, and, I mean, you talk about public school, the whole public school system is based on Ford's assembly line. I mean, that's a whole nother segment. You've got, you know, in the age we live in, just-in-time delivery. But you can't just-in-time delivery curriculum or content to kids who need help right oh tommy doesn't understand this where's the just-in-time delivery of extra work for him so he can stay with two plus two two plus two still equaled four on ford's assembly line yeah well yeah but two plus two still equals 
equals four in in most of America. Maybe not public schools, but most there you of go, America. right there in, in public you schools, know. and that was kind of my well, point. but 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 then but then you go back to okay, who abandoned that, right? You know what? In God, I hate quoting Malcolm X, but you know, only a fool allows his enemy to teach his kids, and socialists are the enemy of America. You know, they're ideologically speaking the antithesis of America. Well, the department so, of uh, the creation of the Department of Education started that whole thing. Well, right, but I mean, you, you can you can make an argument. I don't know how well, but you can make an argument that you know we need some kind of baseline and make sure that there's some you know core competencies being taught. But then we've seen what happened, right? So it's kind of like, well, maybe maybe the price we're paying isn't worth you know the gains. But you know, nothing's been reimagined I, there. But I, I think there was there was a, a an attempt to create a solution to a problem that didn't exist, and and that's that's what you get with liberalism so much of the time. They just create yeah. these these things that don't really exist, these problems that don't exist, and then they pour all yeah. this money and all this this uh, you know control. it's just bigger yeah. government and bigger government and bigger government. And there's no checks and balances on it. And then it's just a runaway train, which all of it is, and trying mm -hmm. to reel it back in. And that's why, you know, when Trump said, I'm going to drain the swamp. Well, that's part of the swamp. That's part of reeling it all back in. And everybody who's been a part of that runaway train for, you know, five or six, seven decades now. Right. You know, they're, they're not going to easily give it up. Heck no. Right. Yeah, you don't, want, you, don't, you don't want to give away the golden goose. They're going to fight for that tooth and nail. We'll wait till you find out the Golden Goose is all funded by China and the CCP. That'll be fun. Well, it's, it seems to be playing out that way. The more you hear about the, how far and how deep the tentacles of China go into every aspect, not only of our government, but of, of a lot of the, the multinationals, the universities, the, mm -hmm. they're all over the place. You know, we thought we, we, thought we came out on the, on the winning end of the Cold War with the Russians. We weren't paying attention to the Far East. Well, and I think and I think you never really rooted out the. There's never really been a concerted effort to educate on the fact that that kids, college kids or younger people think that socialism is a viable answer. Yeah. Any, especially when you just look at Venezuela right now. I just saw like, I just saw a picture of of a group of what looked to be like high school seniors in a mm -hmm. hallway holding a giant sign that normally would have said, hey, homecoming tickets for sale. Instead, uh -huh. it said, capitalism is the evil of the world, socialism is the answer. Ooh. Yeah, well, and they're probably the, think themselves of the solution, right? I, I'm amused by those types of displays of ignorance. It's, it's the same thing when uh, you listen to Jordan Peterson talk about how not to become a Nazi, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's like, yeah, you consciously decide not to become one, right? And then they talk about Schindler, right? And, well, everybody thinks they'd be Schindler. It's like, well, no, there's like, you know, six million people who weren't. Yeah. And you'd be one of those. And then, you know, because there's one guy who was. You know, they keep talking about the silent majority here that, that comes out for election and shocks the country. Uh, when you have contests like we're about to have on November 3rd, 
I'd, I'd really kind of like to see that silent majority stay a little vocal for a while to try and push back the fringe that is that is nudging our nation uh, out of out of being a republic, because yeah. that's that's what this is. When you look at BLM, Antifa, you look at at what we call the far left, even in education, mm-hmm. they're still a minority of the people. They're a small minority that are. They're the kids who told you what you had to wear to go to the party in high school, and if you didn't do it, you couldn't go. And I think I think some of it too is the the so-called silent majority has has other things they're con- you know concerned about. Well, they, but, they, they but when it comes to like an eighteen sixty type election, everybody's paying attention. You know, I I've gotten into interesting discussions with people regarding, you know, the rioting and the looting and the arson and younger people in particular, like, we'll burn it all down. And it's yep. like, well, you know, everybody's for a revolution until people start doing revolutionary type stuff, like shooting you. Yep. And then not so much, right? And what's funny is they're, they're out there protesting, they're out there complaining and looting and burning and doing all that. And it's Democrats doing that in Democrats controlled city. Minneapolis has been democratically controlled since 1975. Yeah. So when they talk about systemic racism and you have the mayor's office of Minnesota having been controlled by the Democratic Party since 1975 and as we all know the mayor appoints chief of police so if we're talking about the system, there's the system, right? Well, look at the mayor, look, the chief of police, the police department. And you have, okay, systemic racism. Okay, so either the Democrats are incompetent and they allow it, or they encourage it, if you believe there's systemic racism. Look at Chicago. Chicago's been a Democrat for as long as I've been alive. 1932, 1932, Frank. You know, and I'm not that old, but... You're close. I'm close, yeah. Big Bill Thompson. Yeah, the last. you know, yeah. and and we've got a we've got the mayor there who who really could double for a black Beetlejuice. <laughs> that that hey that hey is, Beetlejuice far more intelligent and entertaining. Yeah, yeah a little more quick witted too. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> we got a mayor there saying she wants to blame Trump for the unrest and 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 all the ills of Chicago, the ills of Chicago, and I loved the the first mayor Daly. You know, I, I grew up with him. He was he was a, a staple. He was always there. The guy loved the city, and if you were doing something to hurt the city, he did stuff to hurt you. That doesn't right. that doesn't happen anymore. You can't walk down Michigan Avenue anymore in Chicago and not worry about whether you're going to get rolled. Um, my friend George, whose family owns restaurants down the Loop told me last time I was up in, in, in the city, in Chicago, don't even go into the city, Frank. You're taking your life in your hands. Stay, right. stay out here in the suburbs. But, the, but that Democrat leadership, Democrat city council, Democrat mayor, Democrat county board, and now a cobalt blue state of Illinois that, that just sucks everything else out of the state to give to the city of Chicago. And if they don't, the yeah. pen, you know, the pensions are good. They're dead anyway. Right. How, how do you how do you have the audacity to blame anybody but the people that actually created the problem? The, well, because people, because nobody pays attention and there's no history taught. The, you you the, say things like, "Hey, I've been controlled by the Democrats since 1932, exclusively." 
explain to me how this is a Republican problem. And, and literally, you get like blank stares because it's a foreign concept. Well, what do you mean? No, it's always the Republicans, you know. And, and, and the state of Illinois has been controlled. You know, they ought to rename it to Madagascar because Mike Madigan's been in charge since 1985. He's, he's, so, he is awful. He, oh, he is that? awful. He's an evil genius because he's, everybody goes to jail but him. Right, exactly. That's you know, exactly and right. it helps when your daughter is like the attorney general. And he invented the perpetual cash machine. His law firm works on property tax cases, appealing property taxes. Nice work if you can get it. I, I, I think, if, if I may, that the, there has been such a transition of power from the traditional yellow dog Democrats to this far left, the Marxists, and they are calling the shots. And the students, the people burning, all of those people, including the professional athletes and people associated with them, a lot of the ownership, uh, the league, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, they are they are all useful idiots in this. And as soon as, God forbid these Marxist leaders who have taken over the Democrat Party, basically, have done what they've set out to do, these useful idiots will be just tossed out into the street. Thanks a lot. Oh, and by the way, you're no longer useful. And then they're going to throw their hands up and just say, yeah, but you said and you promised and this and that and the other. Well, that's what the Democrats always did. But then right. the Marxists and the socialists and the communists Oh, they promise, all right. They they yeah. promise, and then they kill millions of their own people. Right. You know, well, to, to you make know, their you got to eliminate say, a third of them. Right? Well, right, and you can't you can't talk ill will against the party, or right. You suffer right. the consequence. You know, I I, right. I don't see people, and this goes back to the, to Glenn's point of history not being taught. So how can you learn from the mistakes of the past? Um, People actually recalling the Red Guard in China, w yeah. w which is or the brown shirts, which, which is incredibly yeah. reminiscent of what Antifa is doing now, creating these oh, yeah. what was Chaz or Chop zones or whatever they wanted to call them for a little bit, going from house to house, saying "Give me your stuff," and if they weren't, they would burn the house down. This is what happened in communist right. China d during the revolution, and after they caused the chaos and dislodged the status quo from what people thought, all of the useful idiots were executed. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they are. They're just, they're but lemmings being, you know, told to go over the cliff. They don't see it. They don't know it. They don't teach it. And, you know, back to the original, you know, do we have debates? No. Because it's not a selling point. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the both of you uh, as, a, as a final segue into, into the big break. Um, yes, I would like another beer. Thank you. Hey, yeah, it's the, the, the last one's always on the house. Um, no, I have jacked them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're, we're looking at this problem of, of useful idiots. We're, we're looking at, I won't say disinformation from the mainstream media, although there is a lot of that. But when it comes to the debates, it's just no information. What's the answer? If we take Chicago as a microcosm, right? Since 1932, Democrat control. The Republicans don't even run candidates in, in Cook County. You know, I made the mistake uh, last uh, primary of pulling a 
a Republican primary ballot, and I had six choices in Cook County. Six out of, I don't know, 380-something. Wow. So my fellow like-minded people are like, well, how stupid are the people in Chicago who keep electing the same crap? And I'm like, where's their choice? I can vote for people who are on the ballot where I can write Mickey Mouse in. So where's the concerted effort? And where's the, where's the alternative? If you're going to have a two-party system, have a two-party system. You know, you want to stir things up. Hey, if you don't field a candidate for an office for two election cycles, you're no longer a political party. You get, you, get, you know, 10 signatures, you can run. It, it's I, a, think, I think what Trump has done, Frank, real quick to your, uh, to your question, yeah. I think what Trump has done and has shown uh, people who would have liked to have gone into public service for whatever reason, but gotten into it and run, uh, but were too afraid to do it because they'd just get a shakedown and they, their families would be, you know, it's just not worth it for them. But now Trump punches back. And it's yeah. okay to punch back, and he's bloodying them, and people are seeing that, and I just pray that it's not too late and that he gets reelected because you get more of him punching back, and I mean harder and more often, in the next four years, and more people are going to step up and say, hey, you know what, I can do that too, and I'm not afraid of you you know, mainstream media and, and the tech giants and all this kind of stuff. I don't need you anymore. You know, you're, yeah, you're, you need you're that a with failing some, consequence. Yeah, and you need some, some campaign finance reform to get to block the big money coming in and swamping. You know, I, I, I'm buoyed by the, uh, there's that black congresswoman, a Republican congresswoman in Baltimore. She has great Facebook ads, right? She walks down you know, the third world shithole that is her city and points it out, right? And the guy who's running against Maxine Waters, another black guy, yeah. Republican, doing the same thing. It's like, this is, you know, and here's, oh, here's Maxine Waters' $6 million mansion that's not even in district. Yeah, right? that guy exposed that. That's a great ad. Oh, yeah, and people see that, and, you know, that's never reported. It's buddy-buddy. I, I remember when, uh, God, I think it was uh, Obama running against Ryan for the state Senate. Yeah, for the state Senate. And, and uh, the reporters actually threatened to beat up a conservative reporter for asking questions. You yeah, know, hard questions. Like, you and who's the guy with the bad hair, Flynn or whatever his name was? And, he, he, and, they're, and they're like threatening the guy. You don't do that. We could take care of you. And it's like they all want to, you know, kiss ass and keep their access. And what they're really doing is just such a huge disservice to not only the profession, but, you know, the well, they, country. They don't care anymore, Glenn. They, no, they don't care anymore. It's, they they it's absolutely don't enough. care anymore. They, they've they've yeah. and, and, been exposed. You know, they've there's exposed a lot of things that need to be And they sick. just don't care anymore. Yeah, the, the media is not... I, I think, I, you know, I'm uh, looking forward to second term of Trump where he signs the executive order that every newscast has to have the warning label like on cigarette packages <laughs> that says uh, this, none of this button. is factual or... Con no, none of this is factual or content. It's all opinion. Well, it's... And, his and, staff and right on the bottom the of the screen at all times. On the major networks. 
you know. Yeah, right. unless they put shock collars on that we control, like the Nielsen boxes. It, you know, enough people <laughs> vote to shock the reporter, they get shocked. That would be good. <laughs> That's I, shit. I'd pay for that. That'd be pay for view. I'd be into that. Where's Don King? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I want to. No I want to thank. I want to thank both of you guys for coming uh, on the inaugural version of Corner of the Bar. Um, we'll definitely have you guys back if you're willing to come back. Um, it's it's been uh, it's been interesting to hear voices of people who who you know aren't kowtowing to the media, aren't kowtowing to a political party. Um, like I said in the beginning, uh, this this really is a discussion amongst American people. So if you you know politicians, hey, if you, if you want to hear what America's thinking, shut up for a second and listen. Yeah, well, you know. If you had people sitting in a bar and presented them a problem, I guarantee you, two hours ahead of closing time perhaps, that any solution that they came up with would be better than any solution any politician or political group came up with. And you get to reward yourself with, a, with I don't know, a Kiyoki shooter maybe. I would only order 3-2 beer for those people, and I would be drinking 5%. <laughs> Yeah, and, but track. that's that's just me. That's that's just the that's just the warm and fuzzy Midwesterner that I am. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Andy, Glenn, I want to thank you for coming on, and uh, I'll be right back in a couple seconds with closing thoughts. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, thanks Frank. Glenn. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Handcrafted exotic blend teas at the lowest shipping cost anywhere. Hi, I'm CJ owner of the Emerald Coast Tea Company. We ship our premium gourmet blends with Sindel, offering you the lowest shipping prices anywhere, while also being carbon neutral. Excellent tea at the right price. Check us out at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mama's tea. And that's our show for this segment. I hope you enjoyed Corner of the Bar. We're going to refine that. We're going to bring some more people in, have uh, Glenn and Andy return, mix it up a little bit, uh, and talk about current events and the issues that are important to us from the perspective of the people that actually pay the taxes. Remember to uh, check us out at undergroundusa.com and sign up for the mail-out. We don't do it every week. It's just when something new comes out. And if you subscribe through... However you listen to podcasts, you immediately get pinged when, uh, when there's a new episode. You don't have to download it. Just uh, tell them you want to be notified. That, uh, that helps us out. And as social media keeps censoring everybody, this is going to become more important that we have a direct line to you. We're waiting to see what the debates have for us tonight. I don't believe anything is going to be different with uh, Welker, one of the clowns in the revolving door of self-important asshats from the mainstream media, who is just going to try and impress everybody with how the president and, and the Democrat candidate for president of the United States should look at them in awe because of their oh-so-awesome questions. So we'll be talking to you next week, uh, hopefully, about this performance, which I, I don't believe is going to have a passing grade, but yeah, I'm prejudging. Thanks for listening. I'm Frank Salvato for Underground USA. Thank you for listening to Underground USA. Be sure to check us out online at www.undergroundusa.com and on social media. 
Please subscribe to our podcast at iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on podcast platforms like CastBox, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and anywhere podcasts are heard. Underground USA is produced and syndicated by Compass Point Productions. All content is used with permission and pursuant to the dictates of the fair use copyright law. Any and all guests have appeared at their own risk. Rendezvous with destiny.